I'm Chris Sabat, and you're listening to Bite. Hey there, everybody, and welcome to The Coven, Bite's very own feminism and nerdiness podcast, where we talk about all things feminism, all things nerdy, which is super appropriate because it's Women's History Month. Yay! Yay! Coven claps. Uh, We've made it a thing, haven't we? We have made it a thing. Hashtag coven claps. Um, (laughs) I am your host, Daily Wilhelm, the Witch of the Wavelengths. Joining me today is... Emma, hashtag no last name. Never, never gonna say it. Nope. And... Courtney Tuckman, the Hairbow Slayer. And our very special guest, Dara Metcalf, the Explorer. The Explorer. Ah, we have an Explorer yeah. among us now. I'm excited. More members in the coven. We are slowly converting everyone. Because what was it that Pat Robinson said that uh, feminists want to do? It, I don't think it was Pat. It was some. I forget his name, but it was um, the feminist agenda makes women want to leave their husbands, kill their children, practice witchcraft, and become lesbians. That's our goals here. That's, I that's do all of that on a daily basis. That's prime. Right. That's my like my <laughs> primary objective in life. Exactly. <laughs> that's. I mean, why not? Those are all great things, obviously, and obviously things that feminism is just all about. Uh, to, we're, be, to be clear, the coven does not endorse killing of children. Just have that in like the fine print on this episode <laughs> as it goes up. Aiden, please, thank you. Um, yeah, so we heard this quote recently. We all kind of had a movie night and watched um, Misrepresentation. Miss being two S's, space, representation. A fantastic documentary just highlighting how the media portrays women and what that does to women and then what that does to our society as a whole. It was a powerful documentary. Mm-hmm. I was, um, I think it came out, um, it was... Um, 2010? 2010. That sounds right. But, I mean, not a lot has changed since then. Oh, it really hasn't. Even though it's been, surprise, six years, which usually you can see a lot of change. I mean, look at what the iPhone has become <laughs> in since 2010. Ugh. Like, I think it's sad a little bit. It was kind of like a documentary that really made me be like, mm, just the whole time. Just just angry. I mean, it just highlighted a lot of uh, really interesting issues. Like, do you guys, uh, it kind of started off there talking a lot about objectification of women. Mm-hmm. So what do you guys think about Photoshop and like Photoshopping models? I, what I learned in like, gateway uh our tcom class that we had last semester was uh photoshop the the people to to make them look like they're having their best day so don't like trim waistlines or eye sizes and things like that just like get rid of like blemishes and not like freckles just like pimples or cuts or Things like that. Like Photoshop responsibly. Maybe hair frizz. But, yeah. You know. Well, I don't think the the current media's fall has taken that class. No. Well, <laughs> or they have and they just don't care. Yeah. I mean, we have models that have been Photoshopped in advertisements to the point of being like 
like proportionally impossible mm-hmm. like there was a very famous ad i think it was for jeans which makes no sense in the end it was uh this model whose waist was taken down to be like three inches yeah. visibly. They did that um, in the new Cinderella movie. They talked about the new yeah. Cinderella movie. Her waist was like super tiny, and it just this show like a false, fa- like a false reality, a false fantasy of a princess's body. Uh, a girl. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Uh, we had the same thought at the same time. That's exactly what I was about to say. I did not see the new Cinderella movie. I didn't see I it, didn't but see I it. saw the poster. Yeah, right. And like she is. T- tiny mm-hmm. in that I mean that feels like a theme with Disney princesses in general yeah. I know it mm-hmm. brought it up in the documentary that uh, like women in children's films or like films rated PG or PG-13 are just as likely to be wearing very revealing clothes as they are in R-rated movies yeah that's kind of a shocking statistic but it's like when I was looking back on it I was just like yeah, that's actually right. Mm-hmm. Like Jasmine, for example. Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell. Mm-hmm. Like Tinkerbell's skirt isn't a skirt. Like I'm sure that anyone that's ever tried to cosplay her fell into some issues mm-hmm. for real. The Little um, Mermaid. The Little Ariel. Mermaid. Yeah. Just, you know. The, the clams. Only, the only one that I can't think of that ever really did the scantily clad stuff is Mulan. God bless Mulan. Yeah. Or um, Princess Tiana. Princess Tiana was good too. Yeah. Princess Tiana definitely I, like I stayed away that. from that. Um, but like just the fact that this is presented to girls at such an early age because that's that's the thing for little girls. That's what they're marketing to is little girls, Disney princesses. It goes hand in hand, and yet we have these representations of like midriffs and like very emphasized on the princess. Was beautiful, and, and she was also smart. Winx uh, Club. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, the Winx Club. Oh my god, they're, they're dressed here. We've talked about the Winx Club on the yeah. show before. They're, I mean, they're worse than Tinkerbell, in my opinion. The fairy costumes. Right. Uh, I mean, that's that I is remember. for little kids too. Like, I think if anyone were to try to cosplay that, or be like, "Mommy, I want to be, you know, Bloom for Halloween." Okay, like, sweetie. How, what do we have to do? <laughs> get get a couple of very sheer pieces of fabric and that's about and and a couple staples and some high heels some yeah the high heels thing Uh. like as a kid i was really convinced that what adult women wear is high heels and only high heels always high heels Mm -hmm. the clickety clack the clickety clack i can't do that i cannot do that like i'm not gonna lie i feel super powerful and like i can destroy the world when i'm wearing high heels oh yeah it's just not practical. No. Yeah. yeah. It's certainly, like, not for all day, let alone, like, a couple hours sometimes yeah. puts me out. Especially Jurassic World. The dress, um, Jurassic World movie. <gasps> she was, yeah, running in was, those high heels. I mean, I heard that she did practice that, but realistically... You're going to kick those off. You're going to break your heels. Yeah. They and then on an episode of America's Next Top Model. Did they really? The photo shoot, they put them on a treadmill in high heels, and they had to be, like... Run, they were like they were gonna Photoshop in a monster or something, and they had to like run away from it oh while wearing gosh. high heels. Oh, I've seen, I saw that episode. That sounds funny. That, that's another thing misrepresentation talked about was reality TV and they did a lot the, of America's Next Top Model. Like, yeah, that in there. Like, I personally have really enjoyed America's Next Top Model, but Same. I can see where it's problematic in mm-hmm. the representation of women. Mm-hmm. I mean. 
wasn't there a girl like who was going to Harvard on there and like that was during one season. I don't know. There was a I, college season. Yeah. Is that what you're talking well, about? I think I know which I know what you're talking about. The girl that was like, I got this full ride to Harvard or something and oh. I left it. Oh yes, I do remember. And, and I left it behind. She left it behind. And I'm just like, Why? I mean, what does that say when it's encouraged to abandon your education because the thing that's being most like said about what your worth is is what you look like versus what you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and whenever I like I started watching America's Next Top Model when I was in like 5th grade, I don't think that was the wisest decision because like here I was watching the season where Whitney was on. Yes. And like she she was the first uh like plus-size model to win. Right. But like I really wouldn't even She's consider a size her ten. Yeah, oh like my gosh. I would not consider yeah. her plus size, and yet the whole time it's like, oh, well, I don't know if I can win because I'm a plus size, mo-. and it's just like this girl is gorgeous. This, what is that supposed to say? Like I am clearly not like a stick figure like those uh, uh the rest of the girls who were on that season, but it's just like, like how does that? She is not a plus size yeah, model. Yeah, that's I've, not. I pulled up a picture yeah. just for yeah for audience. Scale. No. Why? Not a good influence. Why no. I mean, what small percentage of the population looks like the girls that go on America's Next Top Model, and yet they're looked at as the ideal that we're meant to strive for? Oh, yeah. And, you know, in the last season, there was a girl on there. I can't remember her name, but uh, she made it pretty far. And um, she... Uh, the, her whole situation, every episode, she talked about how she had lost 30 pounds in the last year. And then they would show this picture of her. And she looks fine in that picture. And then they cut to like, and I'm so much more confident about myself now. And she's like, mm, I, th- I'm, I think she looked a little, she looked healthier, uh, 30 pounds heavier. Yeah. Um, there was a, do you guys watch Ugly Betty? I used to. I know what you're talking. Yeah. Okay. So there's an episode when this supermodel came in and she took a photo shoot and it they just like pretty much changed her whole face and body and photoshopped her, which was like when I saw it as a kid, I thought it was like a huge problem. I thought it was like, why are they doing this? She looks pretty no matter what, but not pretty to other people in the eyes of the media. Exactly. And like, it's just, it's hard to see women in media too that are like, they're smart or like they're strong or like they're in charge without them also having like as a baseline requirement to be beautiful. Yeah, it's um, going along with the being smart being something is there's a big misconception that if women have one big character trait, they can't be anything else. Right. Like if they're a tough like warrior, awesome woman, they can't be emotional and, you know, they can't have emotional depth. Because then it's like, it's like, well, she's she's this amazing warrior. She can't she can't cry because, right. you know. Because how how can person have more than one emotion? I'm looking at you, divergent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and you know, the whole um, the person like they're this, but they can't be this. <laughs> so you know, it's like a lot of characters are written as like the one box this one characteristic like a character. right yeah like a two-dimensional character exactly pretty much they they talked about that in misrepresentation too when um 
uh, I know her from somewhere. I forget what her name is, though. But uh, the narrator, the person who made this documentary, I'm, yeah, I'm not sure. She's been in a lot of uh, TV. But when she went out at first to pursue um, uh, roles in television, she was like, I want to play, like, really complicated women and, like, just multidimensional, um, you know, characters. And she could not find that. Like, there were very few roles available that was, like, she, like, this woman is strong she like cares for her family but she also has a soft side or something like that it was always just this is the smart girl this is the ditzy girl this is the strong girl yeah what have you and like just the boxes the boxes aren't fun being in boxes aren't fun i don't i don't like the boxes and then it's hard too because I, th- I think the overall theme of misrepresentation was, like, we don't see ourselves in the media because we, I think everyone, and there's no person in the world that's just one thing. Yeah, no. So we don't see women being more than one thing in the media very often. So it's hard to see ourselves doing anything and having, like, the guidance of that character because, like, whereas guys have plenty of examples. You have, like, I don't know, off the top of my head, like, Walter White, like, he was that dark horse character that, like, was willing to do the dark and gritty things. The women but in that show same, were yeah, pretty positive. those were pretty good women in that show. But, like, those dark characters, I'm always talking about those dark characters. I want, I want more <laughs> women dark characters yes. who aren't just, like evil evil like, dominatrixes manipulative you know like they got to be doing it for a reason i want more like i don't just more female characters who are a lot like you know the walter whites that you see like you can see them on like smaller niche things like but then when you get to mainstream media they're just not there anymore right and i mean i think this documentary really highlighted to what a big impact um, media has. I mean, there was the percentage, it was like 78% of like our just basic knowledge of the world comes from the media. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really safe to say because usually when I'm wanting to consult something, you Google it. What's, what is on the Google? Mm-hmm. The, the media is on the Google, guys. Mm-hmm. It's like the amount of media that we just consume every day and um, the fact that a lot of the things that women are being portrayed as in this media is just this idea of like what the perfect woman is or what not to be and it's it is very very harmful definitely because like the objectification of women eventually leads into feeling like our voices don't have power unless we are this ideal, which, again, is just impossible. There's no, like, one true ideal in the first place. It's always going to be like, oh, you're not enough this, you're not enough that. Mm-hmm. And they also covered that misrepresentation of the um, the fact that women don't like to run for office because they don't feel, they don't see themselves in office and they don't feel like they have the power to say, to, you know, to hold this like seats in the Senate, seats in the House, right? And there are just 
so few women in in our Congress and in D.C., even though we make up 50% of the population. It's like more than 50% even. It's Is it like 5149? We, we got, yeah, I think we got at least that bonus percent there. What up? A represent. Um, that reminded me a lot of like that meme that I always see around online. Like I get on Imgur a lot. I enjoy Imgur. I just want to see some dank memes and funny posts. <laughs> but I keep seeing this post where it's like, why do women always complain that there's not enough women in STEM fields? Why don't they just join in the STEM fields? And it's like, it's because we don't see ourselves in these fields. Mm -hmm. And because of that, like, how are we supposed to, like, get a hold of, like, how are we supposed to get in there? Because, like, we don't see ourselves in there. It just seems like a masculine thing. And then once you are in there, I read a couple articles where, like, uh, this girl was in like a beginning engineering course and the professor just straight up said like, yep, all the women in this room were probably going to be gone by the end of the semester. Like, how are you supposed to pursue this when it's such a boys club to begin with? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so unprofessional for a professor to ever say that to a student. Yeah. Ever. Mm-hmm. What? The so- eye rolls are real up in this yeah. room. <laughs> I, well, when I came here to, co- well, when I was getting, when I came to Ball State, um, at, before I applied, I was trying to get into the science program and a STEM program, and I looked up this website that was like STEM for girls, and it was the cutest website ever, and I felt like it mm-hmm. was like really empowering and helpful for me to decide, I really want to get into bio, because for a bit, I was a little discouraged with competition, because I know that they're going to choose a guy instead of a girl, especially a girl of color. Right. It's oh, just... Yeah. It's just it's so much and again it's so much harder for women of color Mm -hmm. than it is even for white women and then it's just this giant louder where heterosexual cis white dudes are on the very top Mm -hmm. yeah i feel like it's really annoying when we look at people that's on top of the food chain instead of the ball instead of looking at all the food chain right Mm -hmm. i mean what did it say in the documentary it was like the six percent of the population is these heterosexual college educated over 35 white dudes um who that's like all of our congress and that's Mm -hmm. just six percent of our population yeah um i just in the topic of accurately representing things according to to statistics it's a hard word yeah i (laughs) recently uh saw a statistic where um this study was done of American teens, well, aged 13 to 20, and it found that only 48% identify as exclusively heterosexual. Ay. And yet we see no, al- almost zero queer youth in our media. And when we do, they die. That's a big trend, <laughs> yeah, too. In recent things, something that happened on The 100, a show that I don't watch but I know about, it was this um, relationship. One of the main characters, um, Clark, is bisexual. Mm -hmm. which hallelujah (laughs) and then she was kind of having this thing with another girl named lexa and it was like actually starting to happen and but then um spoiler alert they killed lexa in a really like they murdered her like brutally it was bad and you know there's this big thing like boycotting the show because of that which i am in full support of (laughs) i don't want to see people like me being killed everywhere i mean 
Yeah, that reminds me of the movie called American Beauty with mm-hmm. Kevin Spacey. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, yes. With the okay, Kevin Spacey plays the dad, but his neighbor had, I guess, a sexual crush on him, and he rejected him. And what happened was that Kevin, spoiler alert, Kevin Spacey dies at the end because his neighbor shot him because he felt embarrassed because he felt inge- rejected, which was just really heartbreaking. Yeah, I mean. Like Degrassi, Courtney. Yeah, I was thinking about <laughs> Please that. You do. guys are such mind readers tonight. <laughs> um, Degrassi's usually good with um, portraying the LGBT, LGBTQI, all that. Plus, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, characters, but they also killed off their only transgender character. Like, they did it. And like Degrassi like, kills off kids, this happens. Oh. But it, it does. But and it's like, well, on one hand, it's like that was the f- one of the first. Uh, I think in Canada, that was the first like transgender character that wasn't on like a reality TV show. That was like the first scripted main character of right. a show. But then, like I know, I think they killed the character off because the actress wanted to do other things. Besides Degrassi. Yeah. But, man, they did it in a really tasteless way, too. It was just, like, tied into this whole, like, texting and driving thing. And, like, mm. the whole episode after the car crash, uh, the doctor was like, oh, yeah, no, he's going to be fine. Like, you don't have to worry about him. And then, like, at the tail, like, last minute and a half, the parents just come in and the brother's like, hey, so how do you do in surgery? And the parents' faces are just sad and then the sad music plays and it's like, that wasn't even the main focus of the episode. Right. Like, it was, that was like the C plot. Like, not even the B plot, the C plot. Yeah. Was the death of Canada's first transgender character. It's just like, why would you do, and it was, and the whole season was awful after that. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they get for it. Yeah. That's what they get. Or it's like, you know, you always see women side characters in media, and I'm thinking about Supernatural right now. Is oh, that yeah. Their, oh, yeah. Their main purpose is to um, push along the plot of the man by any means necessary. Right. And usually that means is... Death. Like, spiraling them further into their huge depressions by killing them. And death, 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 death. In just very, very sad ways, and it's just like... Why? Why you do this? Yeah, we talked. We talked about that on another podcast about like fridging. Yeah, like how that's sometimes what female characters are reduced down to is to be like an emotional catalyst through their death for a male character to be like some kind of call to action or like some kind of emotional slip. They basically become nothing more than plot devices. Yep, which is awful and yet again more objectifying. Yeah, it's. it's- you know, women are not things. They are human beings, complex, you know, complex, different human beings. They all have different backgrounds. And just trying to reduce them into these boxes and these single plot devices where it's like they're only good for one thing is just just awful. Right. And it's awful for anyone to be watching and then be influenced by because there was a really great quote i don't i didn't get who it was from in the documentary it's you can't be what you can't see mm-hmm. yeah so like yeah without like proper representation it's like um hmm 
who like we look to media for identity oftentimes Mm -hmm. like when we're talking about our favorite characters we're like oh that's so me like I am this character like to compare myself to like when meeting someone new it's like I'm totally like this or like often online that's what kids wind up doing um and then when you don't have like enough characters like I remember when I was in the midst of my Naruto obsession there's like there were four main girls in Naruto which is sad because there's like 60 main characters <laughs> at any one time even though it's called Naruto the main character whatever there's like 60 main characters everyone has really complicated plots but like two out of those four girls their entire plot was that they were fighting over a boy and then the third one Hinata was her main characterization was that she was shy because she had a crush on the main character and then the last one you didn't really hear a lot about her like Tenten was there for like just just a little bit just just a little bit and eventually she had some kind of romantic relationship Emma's dying Emma's dying I don't don't come to the anime side, Emma. I remember the, the episode when they were fighting each other. Right. And there was like a flash when they were like little girls, they were friends and all that stuff, which was sad until they knock each other out at right. the end. It was right. just like... Like all their problems stemmed from the fact that they were crushing on the same guy. Yeah. And that's the... um, They talked about in the all the Disney movies, They in the documentary, we're referencing the documentary pretty much this whole time yeah when we say in the thing or in, in the, the thing in the stuff when yeah. they mention this we're talking about the documentary which everyone should go watch very very good they um they mentioned that um all of the different animated female characters the main ones um only one of them didn't have finding a man as part of their goal which is crazy because what does that say to all the little girls in their princess costumes for halloween you're no good unless you can find a man. Find that prince. I mean, there were that that did come out a couple years ago. So like, I think Elsa in Frozen wasn't trying to find a man. Oh yeah, and like mm-hmm. it, even like the rabbit in Zootopia wasn't. Oh my gosh, trying to find Zootopia. A man. So did anyone else see Zootopia? I heard it was. We good. we need to talk about Zootopia at some point. Zootopia was amazing. Um, same with Brave. She also didn't want a husband at right. all. Right. I think Disney definitely started recognizing like. Um, we we need to be more responsible with how we portray women who make up a large percentage of our audience. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought it was really interesting how they were talking about um, like so Lifetime Channel. That's the women's channel, right? Because it's Oi. all the emotional movies. It's all, it's all the you emotional can, stuff. You can eat ice cream and cry. They were talking about, like, starting another, like, women's channel. And the, a lot of networks were like, wait, we already have Lifetime. Why do we need another one? There's 22 ESPN channels. But we can't have more than one women's channel. Just like BET over again. Just like what? This is just like BET over again with the hey. Oscars. They were like, why? No. Yeah. Um, you know, why why do we need that many sports channels? Be- because sports, sports, it's March Madness. That's why. I kept thinking that was a football thing. It's a basketball thing, right? Yeah. NCAA college basketball. Okay, okay. Right. Why did Daily looks at me asking <laughs> why are you looking I don't at me? Know. I don't know. That's none of much, us that's know here. Pretty much all I know about okay. it. <laughs> I know like what it is. I don't know. 
It's I not, don't follow sports. It's not March that much. Madness. It's Women's History Month. There. Yeah. Let's celebrate the correct thing. There we go. But it was just so funny that like they were like, no, there's already something delegated to women. And they brought up an interesting fact that I never really thought about. It's like when you're making a movie or a TV show and you're marketed and it's like the main character, the gender really, really matters, apparently, about like who the main character is gender wise, because apparently, uh, let's see, women will watch stories about men. But that doesn't work the other way around. Men will not watch stories about women. Because then it's a chick flick, bruh. Bruh. It's a chick flick, bruh. I hated that word since I was a little kid. Especially when Stick It came out. I was like, you guys should see it. I said, no, it's a chick flick. No, it's not. I mean, it's all girls, but it's like a really empowering, empowering women movie. It's pretty good. You guys should check it out. It's old, though. I mean, like, Disney can be, like, construed as nothing but chick flicks under that same definition because it's mostly about the princesses half the time and like frozen like there was that trend like going around when frozen first came out it was like brozen it's like when dudes watch frozen oh, brozen there's also yeah, um, who, what are we supposed to say about bronies ah! Ah! Yeah. <laughs> i'm just over here crying <laughs> We we've talked about bronies an awful lot on this podcast. We generally have we take issue with the bronies. I just learned what that was last weekend. Oh, honey, uh, that was a now it's a sexual thing, right? I mean, some of it is. They often it? turn it into that. I will admit it's not entirely like sexualized, but like that's uh, often the armpit of it. Oh, okay. It's just like a bunch of grown men <laughs> liking. My Little Pony? Yeah. Oh. Because friendship. Right. I mean, people can enjoy what yeah. they enjoy, but it just got to a bad point when they were like, we demand that the show caters to us, which is a male audience 20 years and older, rather than like the six-year-old girls it was originally intended for. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Stunned silence. And, yeah, I... There's also the um, guys are like, you know, they're calling the iPhone bros gold because rose gold is gay. Remember? <sighs> it's pink. So like the broifying of pink, anything feminine. Red. Like, have you ever seen those posts where it's like a uh, fragile masculinity and it's like the <laughs> deodorants that's yeah. like for men or like face soap for men rather oh than my just goodness. being like it's just soap <laughs> or like s- like very manly like body scrubber like tone in detail and it's like it's a loofah it has to <laughs> it has to be like gray and it has to say four men and um one of my favorite things to do is to go into the deodorant aisle or like the body wash aisle and just look at the titles for the scents right. it's the funniest thing like it's I'm like just... gun desert blackness <laughs> void <laughs> Bear glove. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. Old spice. Just old. I, I love use you, old spice. I use Wolfthorn mm. deodorant, mm. and it smells fruity and wonderful. Why does men's deodorant work better than women's? Because that's the way the world works. Because. And it's also less expensive. <laughs> because women. I was about to say because women stuff is cheap. Well, expensive actually. Men's stuff is cheaper. Yep. Yeah. Pink tax. The pink uh, tax. That's so irritating when I heard about that. Right. It's a thing. And then, like, tampons are taxed as a luxury item. (laughs) 
There's nothing luxury about periods. Girl. <laughs> no, no. Did you, did you see that BuzzFeed video that came out Mm-mm. that was like the amount of money will, that a, one woman will spend over tampons in her oh entire life? It's like thousands of dollars. Like, that's the, that's the cost of being a woman. Fun fact. This also ties into the episode. The, um... Um, the whole idea, the stereotype that women love clothes and change clothes all the time came around back in when Queen Elizabeth I took throne. And the back then it's like, you know, they didn't have tampons and they just like, you know, women couldn't be seen as bleeding because they'd be like fragile or something, you know. Yeah. And it would, you know, they it's not couldn't. considered like yeah. hygienic. So, you know, it's like all they had was pretty much like a rag. And then, you know, you, you'll get, you'll get some blood on your inners, your inner, your inner layers if you do that. Yeah. So basically what these women of high power had to do is change all the time because men couldn't handle periods. Boom. There's the stereotype. Wow. History but lesson. They can handle killing people and seeing blood everywhere. Right. That. Shots fired. That kind of blood. That's totally fine, obviously. But period blood. Like. There's still parts of the world where women have to go miss school for a week and go sit in a hut mm-hmm. because it's their week of shame. <laughs> that I is hate that. Horrible. What? Mm-hmm. Like, what? It's it's a thing. It happens. It's that a thing. This is why we still. have Women's History Month yeah. is so that we can discuss these things. This is why we have the coven so we can discuss these things. It's not all about us white women. Yep. Yeah. Very true. <laughs> also, um, there was a strike about the pink taffy. People are not wearing tampons or pads right. while they're on their period. Like I support that. the free bleeding movement. Because on it, it it's like please consider how awful the world would be without pads and tampons. Like we we need to make this just a necessity versus like something I don't know I feel like we shouldn't have to pay for it if almost. you they, if you can give out free condoms you can give out free tampons free birth control mm. coven claps coven claps for Dara coven claps so misrepresentation uh, went in after talking about a lot of political things which is kind of relevant because Hillary Clinton did she, she won Florida. She won Florida, yes. So that happened today. Um, Hot off the presses, She is always really portrayed as, like, everyone looks at what she looks like versus what she's saying. Mm -hmm. There was, like, that famous, uh, like, news clip where it was, like, Hillary Clinton looking like she's 92 years old, just Mm -hmm. haggard. Like, how, and then, like, how can we trust a woman to run for office when they get emotional and they do womanly things. Oh, what pissed me off with the tip of her? How could she like take care of the White House and she can't tear, can't take care of her husband? I was like, are you serious? You gonna yeah. put her marriage in this? You're gonna That's blame her for her husband having an affair? What? Wow, that's obviously her fault. That also reminded me of the OJ story that's on FX that Ryan Murphy's is doing. It's a really good show, but they talked about the Marsha's hair and was like, how could she like? When this case, if her hair's not nice, it's about how she looks. She looks mean. Like her hair is not nice. It is pretty much just focused on her appearance, right? Instead of her experience, right? Which is really nerve wracking. And um, that's the type of stuff that you see all the time. Is just like, you know, you should do this. You should do that because it's to please a man. Like you know, if I wear makeup, if I decide to like start working out and stuff, then it's um, which I have. They um, then it's uh, it's inherently. <laughs> for a man it's like no 
I want to like I want to I want to work out so that I look threatening so that people will not cross me. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Do it for yourself, girl. Yeah, it's like I'm not doing it for anybody else. I'm it, doing it for me and I don't care what those men think. Yeah. There mm. there's something about this election though that I'm it's kind of feels like almost that the tide is turning. Mm-hmm. People have talked about Bernie Sanders' hair more than they talk about you. a lot of I things. Love Bernie. <laughs> like I love Bernie. I really do. But I, I just think it's so funny how we're so used to, like, women being constantly talked about, about, like, what they're wearing, like, what they decided to wear, like, how they look, like, they're supposed to look like they're in their 30s, even if they're, like, in their 50s. But Bernie Sanders' hair is a topic in this election. And so are Marco Rubio's hands. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. And, um, what's his name? Who's the Zodiac Killer? Ted, Ted Cruz. Cruz. <laughs> Ted Cruz is the Zodiac Killer. Gosh. That's my favorite meme that has sprung from oh my just politics in general. Can you tell I love Bernie from my giant laptop sticker? There is a giant laptop sticker that says Bernie 2016 present in this room. Yes. Yep. Um, I remember like a couple months ago, probably in January, someone said uh, on Facebook, it was just like a Facebook, oh, it was just a Facebook meme, not meme, like a they're kind of memes, like yeah. Meme post. Someone said, like, if you don't vote for Hillary Clinton, you're not a real feminist. <laughs> and I was like, that kind of, like, in the beginning, I'm not going to lie, I said I was going to vote for Hillary because she was a woman, but the more I learned about what she wanted, and I was Emma's like, dead. I really don't agree with her. Wait, what? Emma's dead. Emma's dead. Oh, no. Emma died. Emma's dead. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually did I've see died that. a few times. Just because she's a woman, and, like, like, I would be so stoked to see a woman president because... Why haven't we had that yet? And if if she gets the nomination, I will absolutely vote for her. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, what's the it. other option at yeah. this point? Bernie, or no? I mean, if from they... the Republicans. Oh, nothing. Yeah, Beyonce, <laughs> the the Zodiac <laughs> Killer, creepy hands. However, and Trump. <laughs> yeah, if Bernie loses the nomination, you can still write him in. Just just, just saying, just saying, guys. Just, just, just saying, put, putting that just out there. Saying. Oh, okay. Okay, but that can also be very risky. And also, we were talking about how women are constantly seen about how they look. Um, I want to take this to the other side as well with men being hyper-masculinity and how toxic that can be. Oh, right. Because yeah. that, be, that can be really, really bad because, you know, it's like women have it bad and it really, really bad. And, you know, we're seen as too emotional, but men are not supposed to show emotions at all. Right. Which it's, is really unhealthy. Yeah. It's yeah. like, who are we without our emotions? Like... How do you, like, release? How do you just let go of yeah. stuff? How do you express yourself? I don't... It often has to be in negative ways then for mm-hmm. someone to finally, like, get all that out after bottling up for years. And that mm-hmm. ends in, like, domestic violence yeah. or self-harm or harming others. Yeah, you know, I remember when I went to uh, camp, summer camp uh, when I was younger... And there was this one boy who would cry all the time. Um, like it'd be over. Like he he'd get like hit. His hand would hurt, or playing football or something. Some and it would sports. It would it'd just be like you know things like that. But I would get so confused whenever he started to cry. I'd just be like, Is he allowed to do that? Like mm-hmm. even then, yeah. when I was like seven, I was like jarred by this boy's crying. Wait, what does it say about our society then, when we're like, oh my god, there's a boy, and he's crying? Something must really, really, really be wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, growing up, I uh, kept my emotionals in because I didn't want to show weakness, which is 
because I grew up in the world that, you know, if a woman shows her emotions, she'll be like crazy or emotional or just not stable or show weakness. Right. So as a child, which makes sense a lot about my background life now, is that I didn't really show emotion because I didn't want to show weakness. Which, like, women are constantly painted as being inherently weaker than men. And if, if a woman yells and screams about something that she's angry and passionate about, she's just, like, this crazy old bat that no one's going to listen to. But if a man does it... Or she's it, on her period. Yeah. There you go. But if a man does it, he's, like, taking a stand. He's empowered. Like, you know, he's demanding something. It's, you know, it's... Right. It's this double standard. Because yeah. then it's hard for women then in like leadership positions to be like proper leaders because sometimes it takes like getting impassioned about something and being like, no, you have to do this. And then they're just like, ah, she's being bitchy or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I think this comes up a lot in. So Courtney and I are. Te- Wait, Dara, what's your major? Tcom. Hey, TCOM majors all around here, except for Emma. I'm sorry, Emma. <laughs> Music. Music. <laughs> but it comes up a lot in TCOM, like, the first day sitting in the gateway, yeah. which is, like, our basic class that every TCOM major has to take here at Ball State. I was so shocked yeah, at just same. the lack of women in that giant audience of, like, 150 kids. Yeah. I remember we were just, like... We got there pretty early, and right. we just, like, watched the rest of the class come in and just be like, boy, 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 where, um, there's one girl. Uh, hi. Yeah. I'm on your side. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm still in a pre-TCOM. I changed my major, like, my freshman, well, freshman spring year, but I'm in pre-TCOM right now, and looking around the classroom, there's not a lot of girls, and <laughs> looking at the crash, uh, classroom again, there's not a lot of yeah, I can say it. There's not a lot of black people in the classroom either. I looked around. I was just like, there's me? And I was like, this is weird. And it's only like five girls in our class, which which is really like weird of why do we have lack of females in TCOM? But I remember second semester, there were two girls that were part of the sports club here. There was like a sports right. TCOM club. And I was just really surprised because there aren't a lot of girls here that talk about sports as like a broadcaster or anchor. Speaking from the music side of things, um, there's this um, something that my uh, um, my private teacher in high school was talking, told me that women are less likely to get hired just because they are seen as the weaker. And um, it got to a point where um, they had to put carpet down in the audition rooms so that you didn't hear high heels because you hear high heels, it's a woman. Uh, and that was just shocking to me because wow. it's just like, so just the sound of something that is feminine is enough to just be like just to lower lower standards lower expectations Jeez. that's just horrible and to think about it in school i only had one music teacher but she got pregnant and she got pregnant again after that well, i mean after a month space of course and i never saw her again and I <laughs> more never... than a month maybe but yeah <laughs> i think you may did you go to Belzer? yeah your 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 connections. You know yeah, you know what I'm talking about. I think, but yeah, it was just weird because pretty much going through whole my whole band year, I never seen like a band teacher that was a woman ever. And it's surprising because I play baritone, and no one ever gets that. They say, "Oh, do you play flute?" They ask me like fem- yeah, feminine, yeah, feminine instruments. And I'm like, "No, I don't. Sorry, I don't play flute. I play baritone." So isn't that like a guy instrument? I'm like, what? Really? What? What? I can't play violin. That's gay. 
It's like, oh my gosh. I didn't, I was not aware that instruments have gender. I was not aware that these things have a gender. Why, yeah. what? Apparently, feel, apparently entire industries have a gender because uh, in TCOM, at least, 16% of all uh, producers, cinematographers, writers are women. That's the 16%. And then 7% of all like the executive writers and directors are women. Mm-hmm. So we're already in this huge marginalized like we're not going to see a lot of women when we're out on the job, Courtney. Yeah, and like what is that supposed to tell to TCOM students like us where we're hopeful? We don't know. I mean, I don't know where where we'll end up after we graduate, but like what is that supposed to say to us when it's like, "Oh, only 13% of you are allowed here." It's like, "Oh, well, I guess I should not look to Hollywood for a job. Right. Yeah. I don't really want to work in Hollywood anyways, but like that's not really something that's like, yes, pursue your dreams. That doesn't really scream that to me. Right. So. It does not scream pursue your dreams. Yeah. You guys are right. The only director or producer I know is Ava Devani. Duvani. She's the one who helped direct Selma. Oh, mm, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which was a great movie, of Fantastic. course. Fantastic. Yeah, but it's just, piggybacking what you said, I never thought of that. I don't know a lot of female, like, or women who are in charge, who are directors, producers, writers, or screenwriters that are really popular or famous. Right. So let's look at some stats that we had plastered on our board during the Dialogue and Diversity event, which we were at here at Ball State. Yay! It was very fun, very fun, representing the coven. Yeah. So... Uh, how women are portrayed on screen in the top 500 films, this being from 2007 to 2013, 30.8% um, of speaking characters are women. And of that 30.8%, 28.8%, so all of that, all of that pretty much, of women wore sexually revealing clothes. So we got about 2% that's got, you know, like a business suit on. <laughs> um, 26.2% of women actors get partially naked, while 9.4% of men do. 10.7% of movies featuring a balanced cast where half of the characters are female. Uh, average ratio of male to female actors is 2.25 to 1. Uh, percentage of teenage females depicted with some nudity has increased by 32.5 percent from 2007 to 2012. 10.6 uh, percent increase in female characters on screen observed when a woman is directing and there's an 8.7 increase when a female screenwriter is attached and women purchase half of the movie tickets sold in the U.S. But we don't see ourselves in film. All of that information. Good job, Daly. Thank Coming you. Class. Thank you. Yeah, and you know, the the highest paid female movie star, Angelina Jolie, makes about the same per movie as the lowest paid male stars, which are Denzel Washington and Liam Neeson, which is about $33 million, uh, compared to someone like Robert Downey Jr., who makes $75 million Jeez. per film. This is sad. That is ridiculous. Mm. <laughs> um, one thing that confuses me with the sexualization thing, like the fact that they wear sexually revealing clothing and that women are very sexualized, but when we are sexual beings, just 
because we are and because we're confident right it's not okay mm-hmm. you know right. it's like then you're a slut yeah and if you don't do anything you're a prude mm. right there's just double standards all over the place yeah. double standards um i like to piggyback on what you said about um a lot of nudity in films so especially in horror films there is well they toned down a little bit with nudity of women, but I remember they remade the new Jason movie a couple years back. And in the original movies, they weren't, I mean, there was a lot of nudity, but not as crazy. But they just increased in, in nudity in the remake of the new Jason movie. And I was really annoyed because I was like, I don't want to see this. I don't want to, I want to see murder. I want to see action. <laughs> I don't want to see naked Bring bodies. Bring on the murder. Murder's bad. Yeah. But I didn't want to see that. I was like, what kind of people watch it? My cousin's like, a guy. I'm like, well, these guys are stupid. This is not how you survive. And I was just really annoyed because after that, each move is just like murder, naked, shower scene, murder. I'm just like, this is ridiculous. Yeah. This has nothing to do with it. You know, I heard kind of opposite, com- like similar complaints, sort of, but op- opposite in a way when the Carrie remake came out. Mm-hmm. And there, in the original, there, there was nudity. Right. But there wasn't in the remake. And I saw some complaints that were like, how come they did they could do nudity in the 70s but they can't do it now that's so dumb and it's like well you know that they hired actual teenagers to be in this remake when in the 70s version they were all very much adults playing right. teenagers so you can't really show naked teenagers like you're, you're kind of asking for something that's illegal there yeah <laughs> yeah plus i think it wasn't a problem because wasn't it made in the 70s or 80s 70s 70s yep. So I think maybe during that time, nudity was fine in the 70s for women. And that's when, was it? Yeah. No, yeah. It was, I when, mean, it was wasn't often. It, wasn't it the start of? It was often in there. Yeah. yeah. It was just like a little a little nipple in there. Yeah. Yeah. And um, adults playing teenagers is another big problem because it's like you don't see actual teenagers. That's why I love Degrassi. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And then you don't see actual teenagers. Then the teenagers watching are like, why don't I look like that? It's like, well, you're not 25, honey. So remember when in Hannah Montana, like Miley Cyrus was like the appropriate age, but her older brother was like 27 in real life. Yeah, that was weird. That was weird when I found that out. I I forget his real name, but Jason Earls. That's his name. (laughs) So I think we can agree as a whole we have a hard time finding good representations of women, especially in the film industry, whether that's actually women like working behind the scenes or women on the screen itself. Mm-hmm. And it's especially hard to find uh, women of color or LGBTQI plus women, mm-hmm. both on screen and behind the scenes. Oh. I just thought of Fifty Shades of Grey. No! Mm. I'm going to put my two cents in here. I'm sorry. But do it. Do I it. came in the movie theaters for Valentine's Day to see a penis on a screen. None. But I saw boobs and I saw a little bit of down there. But still, really? I was really upset about that. Yeah. I was like, that was just, if you're going to show her parts, maybe you should show his parts, especially if it's Fifty Shades of Grey. What was that percentage I brought up? It was like, let's see. Uh... So, like, 9.4% of men are portrayed on screen, like, sexually, whether that includes all the shirtless Taylor Lautner scenes or not. Or Channing Tatum. 
Jacob, put your shirt on. <laughs> <laughs> That's me um, and Daly's uh, one of our favorite quotes from a Jax Films parody video. He's like, Jacob, put your shirt on. No. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. Um, there's um, one thing that um, I saw was the somebody who she was she won for Mad Max. I think it was costume design. Right, yep. And You're she right. wore a leather jacket and she looked awesome, but yeah. the men didn't clap for her because she wasn't wearing a gown. What? What? Uh, uh, like that was the official reason? Well, yes. Yes. That or she was a woman. It's bad either way. It's bad. It's bad. I mean, she did a fantastic job. Has like if anyone who has even seen like a poster from Mad Max has to acknowledge that she did an amazing job. Oh my god, Excellent. yes. Sorry, whoever I'm kicking. It's so me. I am offended. Are you offended? I accidentally kicked Emma, guys. Oh no. So we have a hard time finding women in any industry, practically, except mm-hmm. for like childcare or like things that are inherently feminine in nursing. air quotes. Nursing. Nursing. Nursing is feminine. Super feminine. But what about in what we're all about here at bike in the geekery in the nerd nerdistum nerd nerdosphere i made that up that's not a real word nerdistum nerddom nerddom there we go that sounds better in the nerd kingdom coven well guess what bite has a series coming out this month in honor of women's history month uh talking about our favorite iconic female characters what? Because they're out there. I had no idea, Daily. N- tell me more. I will tell you more. You can find us at bitebsu.com under the features section where all the iconic female characters are listed. And they're amazing. Like, these are really good picks. And I never have really thought about, like, trying to find, like, all the female characters that I can in, like, things that are considered kind of geeky. But I think it's getting more to the point where there are more women in, like, geeky stuff because there are a lot of women who are nerds. We're all seated here in this room. All what four up? of us. We Ooh. are all the geeky girls that there <laughs> are in the world. Yay. <laughs> and the two that are not with us at the moment. And then, t- yeah, we, we're a growing club. Yay. Yay. Podcast. Um, so I thought we could, like, talk about a couple that came out recently. Okay, who has played Firewatch or watched it? Whoops. No? Okay, fine. But honorable mention then, Delilah from Firewatch. She's awesome, even though you never see her. Uh, we talked about, we've, we've talked about Charlie Bradbury from Supernatural. We've <laughs> talked about uh, Princess Leia. Yes! Princess Zelda. Woo-hoo. Represent. Um, anyone played Gone Home? Whoops. <laughs> no. Okay, I played Gone Home. Dana Scully. Yes. So yeah. that's kind of getting back into the very beginning of like when people kind of more proudly called themselves nerds. Dana Scully is wonderful. She is kick-ass, and she's back in the news again because X-Files was on TV, which like yeah. felt like time-traveling. Thank you. I was waiting for someone to do it. Beautiful. Beautiful. So, 
I love Scully because like she never really backs down from being herself, which is hugely skeptical of anything that Mulder ever do does ever. Like rightly so, because he's a weirdo. <laughs> he's spooky, spooky Mulder. Um, who are you guys's faves? Like off the top of your head, fave girl character in the nerddom, uh, in geek culture. Uh, I there are a lot for me. Yay! Off the top <laughs> of my head, though, I think of uh, Hannah from Wolf Children. Yeah, because. Like, I, like, I don't know if I'm ever going to have kids later on, but, like, that is, like, ideal mother, woman. Like, so much happens to her. Spoiler alert. Like, her husband dies. She's left with two wolf-human hybrid things to take care of. She has no idea how to take care of them. She is forced out of her house because of them because she can't keep pets. And uh, she does this all by herself she buys a worn down house she <clears throat> she builds it up by herself she learns how to farm and like garden by her i mean she gets a little bit of help along the way but she does not complain once she doesn't you know after her husband dies she doesn't decide to just be like oh well, i'm just gonna be sad and depressed for my whole life and now i don't know what to do with these kids like no she 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 follows that and she's like well now i have to work for my kids and even when her kids you know, one of them wants to be a wolf forever. She does. She's not happy with it, but she's like, "All right." Like she, she just, she is so strong. She, such goals. I yes. love her so much. Yes, I agree totally. That's amazing. Yes, um, I'll go. I gotta say that I really admire um, Lindsay, Lindsay Jones, yes! Lindsay Tuggy Jones. Love, fave. Like, she is in an industry and even, like, arguably a company that is very male-dominated. And despite this, she, A, makes the best, like, weirdly edited videos. I should say now, uh, yeah, Lindsay Jones is over at Rooster Teeth. She is part of Achievement Hunter, and she's the voice of Ruby on Ruby. And Vanessa Kimball on Red vs. Blue. Which... Both of which everyone should watch because yes, and we're partnered with Rooster Teeth here at Bite, so I thought holla, it was appropriate. Holla. Um, like she gets a lot of hate online, but I I've never that. seen that like affect her, and she just has a really bright, sunshiny personality. She likes cats, guys. She really. Likes I'm going cats. to identify with that instantly. Oh yes. Um, and she's hilarious, and I think it's really inspiring to see her in a role like that because that's kind of around the area in which I would like to see myself one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just really love Lindsay. She's like, I'm just smiling the whole time. She's just yes. like role model. I'm just like, I love you. Yeah. She's just, she's just so funny. She's so confident. Like she knows what she yeah. likes. And she, she's like, you know, so full of love. I love her so much. <laughs> but um, who's, who's your fave, though? Who who do you have the most love for? Mm, I have quite a few. Well, okay. Minerva McGonagall from Harry Potter. I <laughs> love her. She's just this badass, amazing, like, witch and just all around incredible person. And I love her so, 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 so much. And um, 
another one I really like, um, Agent Carolina from Red vs. Blue. I've geeked out about her before. <laughs> um, and she's um, she's a really uh, good one. I really love I really love her as well. And um, I had another one in my head, and now it's just gone poof. I thought it was interesting. I just wanted to say real quick that you brought up Minerva McGonagall because there was a statistic that misrepresentation brought up in that uh, young women are 74% of what we see women as on TV. So, like, pretty much once you hit 40, you disappear. Yeah, it decreases. You, you don't really see as many, like, older women, and especially not in, like, main character roles. Usually they're, like, the mom or the grandma or, like, the Unless old you're, lady. like, Joan Rivers. Yeah. Or Meryl, Meryl Street. Yeah, Meryl Street. Yeah, she can play anything. Oh yeah, I she doesn't count on like age. She's she's, she's eternal. She is <laughs> the supreme <laughs> of the coven. Yeah, We've supreme. declared, I am no longer the supreme here. I'm no longer the host. It's Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep, notice us. <laughs> notice us, senpai. <laughs> notice us. What about you, Dara? Uh, Name a fave. I have uh, Jean Grey. I think that's what her name is. Yeah, she uh, yeah. she's an X Men. Uh, I just started like, oh, sorry. I just started liking her a couple years back when I started getting into superhero movies. I really liked her a lot. She was powerful, although she was kind of lost in her power. She was really strong. She felt like very independent. She felt like she didn't really need um, Cyclops to Scott, yeah, yeah, or Wolverine to back her up or anything. Um, my all also my another favorite character. Um, she's a well, she's not brand new, but she got brought up into the new Deadpool movie. Yeah, uh, I forgot her name, but I don't know much about her. But I feel like if they talk about her more, I feel like she's like a really strong, independent uh, character. She's Negasonic very... Teenage Warhead. Yes, yes. Negasonic I Teenage Warhead. Okay. I have no clue who she was until I saw her in the movie. I was like, she seems pretty badass. She she's... was so much fun. I love how they portray her as like a teenager, like not a child, not an adult. Like she's responsible, but she still has somebody with her to like keep her in check. It's like, but she's not. She's not like has she's not expected to be super mature or anything. Yeah. Like she's a, a teenager. Teenage warhead. <laughs> and I'm just like, "Yes, I love her so much." Yeah. Oh. So whether I mean, we got obviously we pointed out a lot of bad things about representation and the, the glaring lack thereof in the film industry, in life itself, in politics, in um even our nerd stuff but i think overall it's getting better can we can we tag this podcast as it gets better yeah it gets better mm-hmm. so we're slowly but surely we're doing it slowly but surely and it helps that we have girls like us going out into tcom fields and being like yeah i want to see myself in the media that i'm creating and I think that, especially online, um, women have a lot more power to just put stuff out there and not worry about getting it approved by, like, six white dudes, <laughs> which is super helpful. I think YouTube is super helpful in that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Creating which, your own content. Right. And, I mean, um, we're going to talk next episode. Excellent segue, Daily. I'm congratulating myself from that. Coven uh, claps. Coven claps. Thank you, guys. Uh, our next episode will be all things YouTube and the lack of women on YouTube 
and the great things that YouTube does because we are about the positive while we also have to point out some of the negative things. So this has been the Coven Podcast over at BiteBSU.com. I was your host, Daily Wilhelm, the Witch of the Wavelengths. Joining me today was... Emma, hashtag no last name. Dara Metcalf, the Explorer. Our brand new Explorer. And Courtney Tuckman, the Hairbow Slayer. Always help. happy to have you slaying hairbows here. <laughs> um, thank you guys for listening. Go check out our other podcasts. Everything from the A-Team to the Coven itself. Thanks for listening. Bye.